Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. What's up on a Thursday? My name is Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Thursday edition of Rebel Report. We uh, originally planned to do it as kind of like a preview. We had some technical difficulties. I had to book an earlier flight to get to Columbia to get to everything. Today in time, as of this recording later today, we'll have media availability with Kermit Davis, some of the players, watch practice, things like that, as Ole Miss gears up for its round of 64 matchup with Oklahoma in the NCAA tournament against South Carolina. That will dominate the show. We'll probably get to some baseball, I'm guessing. Had originally planned to get a guest on to kind of preview Oklahoma. That didn't work out, so we will do the best to do it ourselves. Colin, what's up? Not much, man. Not much. Just living. How's it going? How was the flights? It was uh, not bad, not bad. So what happened on Wednesday was I had to, basically in order to get to media availability in time, I had to book a flight Wednesday night instead of Thursday morning. Um, It all worked out, kind of did it last minute, left the radio show early, zipped up to Memphis. Nobody cares about that. Jim Nance was on my connecting flight from Atlanta to Columbia, though. I did not. So he, he, he came by and sat down at the gate next like a couple of seats down from me, and he was just like smashing McDonald's like this like normal guy. Although <laughs> I couldn't tell if he was a filet of fish guy or not. I was trying not to pass judgment. Couldn't tell what it was. They sat down, and I like double-taked, and I was like, oh, like that's Jim Nance. And then <laughs> I was like, wait, maybe it's someone that just looks like him. And then he had like the pre-boarding deal and sat first class, and I was like, oh, that's 100% Jim <laughs> Nance. So pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so I, I guess you'll have media opportunities, what, tomorrow or today? It'll be today. I keep, I keep forgetting Ole Miss plays Friday and not Thursday. Yes. <laughs> It'll be at uh, 1140 uh, Central. No, 1140 Eastern time. This time zone thing screwing me up. It's good screwing, uh, screwing with you, yeah. 1140 and then tw- the Kermit's at 12 and 5. Players are at like 1140. Practice after that and then – That'll be kind of that. We'll have some coverage at supertalk.fm. We'll have some story. I don't know about video because the NCAA is like a dictatorship um, <laughs> in terms of like who can record video and who can't. But we'll we'll have as much coverage as we can. And then, of course, we'll do the radio show later today. Um, so I guess really just kind of getting started. We can do a couple of different things today. Um, have you looked into Oklahoma more? Because I have some thoughts the more I kind of looked into them. I actually found an old game they played earlier this year against, I want to say it was Wichita State, maybe. Watched some of that, caught some highlights or whatever. So have some thoughts. Have you looked into it at, at, at all as far as like, like what you think of the game? Uh, a little bit. You know, I, I think Ole Miss is – I don't think Oklahoma, what they do well, mismatches Ole Miss. Like there, there are some teams that Ole Miss could have gotten, like Wofford, for example, that uh, would have proposed uh, or proposed presented a uh, a real mismatch for Ole Miss. Oklahoma doesn't shoot it that well from three, which is one of Ole Miss's biggest weaknesses. They don't really, you know, attack them from an offensive rebounding standpoint. So, yeah, from what I've kind of gathered, it's, it's a team that if Ole Miss plays well, I think Ole Miss gets out of there with a four or five point win on Friday morning. Yeah, so they shoot an okay. So so Oklahoma is not like they, it's it's an interesting team as constructed because it's a bunch of like nice pieces, but it's not like 
the whole product that hasn't seemed to have gelled, right? So they had that they got ranked in January, then they had that weird five game losing streak that really almost derailed their season. I mean, they were a loss or two away. What at the beat Kansas that kind of saved their season, but they were a loss or two away from being in like really serious trouble with regards to NCAA tournament birth. Oh, yeah. They're honestly quite a bit fortunate that, you know, it, it's a really bad year because this is an Oklahoma team that in a normal year is probably not in the tournament. Like when I, I'll never forget when we were talking on the show um, throughout the process and like the kind of, you know, revisiting Ole Miss's standing, what felt like every single game, Indiana, Oklahoma, I'm Texas. trying to think who else. Texas were the teams that you're looking like you're pointing to and look like like look these guys are like still on the yeah. bubble and Ole Miss is better off than them. Yeah, that was the thing too. It's like everybody made fun of people that said this year was an extremely weak bubble. No, it was an extremely weak bubble comparatively to other years this year. Like everybody's always like, oh, the bubble's always weak. No, th- this bubble was absolutely horrendous this year, and that's why Oklahoma's a nine seed. <laughs> I mean. So, in, in, like you said, in most years, Oklahoma's either in Dayton tonight or uh, they're at the house or in, in that IT more than likely. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, that is the term that everyone likes to make fun of because everyone's like, oh, yeah, bubble's weak. That's, like, kind of the thing you throw out there to, like, sound like you know what you're talking about. But, like, no, that's, like, exactly what the case was. I mean, it was historically weak. I mean, you're talking about, what, like, 17 and 17 Texas. Somebody, I saw somebody on the, it may have been the Longhorns Rivals Network. I could be wrong with that. Someone from the Texas Media Contingent wrote that the Longhorns were snubbed of a berth on Sunday. And it's like, <laughs> what are you watching? Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? 17 and 17. <laughs> and then, like, Indiana was firmly in the conversation. And the biggest question with them, with them was would they literally qualify? Yeah, because if you finish with a losing record, you don't qualify. <laughs> yeah, you 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 are one hundred percent disqualified. Like like can't join. So I have a couple of thoughts in this game. One key area is that I think is going to be interesting is this doesn't feel like a game that Dom is going to be able to play in. Or okay. you know when people say Dom, you know these are the games Dom can't play in. It's because they have kind of an undersized center in Christian Doolittle who kind of gets out in that perimeter range around twenty feet. Not a huge threat to shoot the basketball, but shoots it okay. But can really kind of like he can score the basketball from twenty feet out, and like he's not necessarily a threat to shoot it, but it's going to make Dom move. And so how Ole Miss combats that and, and kind of mask that, because they're going to have to get minutes out of Dom. I mean, it, like, it's it's not going I – mean, they're so thin on – I mean, this is not breaking news here. You've watched the same team all year. But, like, like them, they can't just not have a guy. Like, things right. go badly for them when they don't have a guy that's just a non-factor in well, the game. So how Ole Miss well, masks that, whether it's zone, whether he kind of gets them involved a little bit offensively, I don't know. But he's going to be a key piece. Well, that's where I'll push back a little bit because I think Ole Miss is going to be able to zone Oklahoma because they just don't shoot the lights out. So if they can play zone and, and put Dom under the goal and, and just get him get seven to ten minutes out of him that way, then maybe they'll be okay with him because, because like I said, I mean, Oklahoma's not going to tear you apart from three more than likely. I mean, anybody can get hot. I've seen two teams in the first four over, over the first two nights that didn't shoot it well, shoot it well in a game with their season on the line. It's funny how that works. Um, but yeah, I think they could get a little bit out of Dom in a two, three zone type setting. No, I agree. We're, I think we're saying two different versions of the same thing. I'm kind of saying they're going to have to find a way to, and I think zoning and, and kind of protecting him a little bit is, is what they're going to have yeah. to do. Cause like you said, yeah. they're going to have to get, 
you know, 10, 12 minutes out of him at least. You'd like to get 15, maybe more. But, like, this can't be a game where, you know, I mean, you've seen it so many times this year when Bruce goes to the bench and he's, like, you know, you know, gasping for air at the water cooler and, you know, Dom makes a mistake on the perimeter defensively on the first possession and Kermit kind of whistles for for Bruce to go back yeah, in. Like, that, that can't happen. That can't happen yeah. in this game. No. Um and and you know Bruce is going to have to take the majority of the minutes. You know I don't I don't know. Did you find out health wise how how he was? Oh, uh, non factor. He came back in the game that night. He's probably a little sore. He said he just twisted it a little bit. Well, they I avoided a nightmare scenario there. Yeah, because they would have. I don't really know what like what that looks like going forward without Bruce. Because Bruce, honestly, Devontae Shuler like has has kind of been dubbed the most irreplaceable player on this team, and I, I it's certainly well warranted. But like. This team is probably not where it is without Bruce's play the last month. Well, they're not in the tournament. Yeah, I would. I would probably agree with that because it's not even just what Bruce has done. It's just well, it is what he's done. It's not necessarily like how he's. He hadn't really become that much of a better defender. He's made a few more shots, but it's really just the consistent effort on both ends that's made the right. difference for him. Yeah, and and Ole Miss isn't like you said isn't here without him because he has a really big game against Missouri. Played really well in Athens that day against Georgia, and I almost ran off and left them that day. But yeah, it's Bruce. Bruce Stevens is one of the uh, best stories on this team, frankly, because like like we said, we don't know where the Ole Miss team is without him. Oh, but yeah, I, you know, I mean, look, they're going to have to get ten to twelve minutes out of Dom, which frankly is is at times this year more than they've gotten out of him because there have been games where Kermit just sat him on the bench and, and forgot he existed for forty minutes, and I don't think they can do that on Friday morning. No, and that's that's going to be a key piece to watch in this game because they are like we we keep beating it like feels like we're beating it over its head. But they are they're going to have to get something out of him. I mean, it's just I mean, you, this isn't, like Bruce can't play thirty something minutes. It's just not going to happen. Not, and then not an secondly, game. secondly, I mean, thirty four point two percent Oklahoma as a team. That's not a bad mark from three. No, it's not and, horrible, but it's not. I mean, they're, they're Ole Miss has played much better shoot uh, three point shooting teams too. Yeah, but they got two guards shooting at 37, 40, 40 37 percent, and then Ooh. a forward at just under thirty five percent. So like is that that's thirty five. That, no, that is um. Let's see, I had it right in front of me. Matt Freeman. What's Manic um, shooting at thirty six? So Manic is at. Thirty-five point four. So huh. six one half dozen. They're about the same. But the point being is they can kill you. It's not a team like they don't. I, I'm trying to. I was trying to look up their attempts per game earlier. So they are at two hundred six hundred and nineteen attempts per game. So what's that a game? Wait, wait, six hundred nineteen attempts per game. No, no, six hundred and nineteen <laughs> per year. That's a lot year. of shots, real. Six hundred nineteen per year. So what? They're nineteen and thirteen. Six hundred and nineteen. That's around twenty a game. It's a little less than twenty a game. So that's healthy. That, but that's not. Yeah. That's not full on analytics ball. But my point being is, Ole Miss, you know, for a team that hasn't defended the perimeter well at times this year, they're going to have to be better closing out on shooters. Like, like this can't be a game where what, what's the kid's name from Arkansas who they just con- was it Mason Harris? Jones. They, Mason Jones. That's who it was. They just continued to let him find space. I mean, they lost <laughs> yeah. him in transition. They lost him in the half court. Like, you got to a point in the second half where I sat over there, looked at Neil, and like I kind of looked at him for a second, and I was like. How is this guy still catching the ball with that much space? I mean, like, how do you like? 
Like that's a there's a certain point where you gotta go no because what he was six of eight at he one was point six of seven at one point yeah yeah and it's like it's like how is that guy not have somebody in his ribs every time he's catching the ball I mean you gotta eventually get a guy it's like you have no help responsibilities like you you are stick my man D on this guy so you know. That's a dangerous game when you have multiple guys that can shoot it on the floor at that point. And it's not like Oklahoma's just going to mur- – like Oklahoma can kill you from three if you let them. But it's I don't think it's going to be one of those things where they're – like I don't I – don't, like if you're Oklahoma, what are you trying to do to Ole Miss? I mean – I'm trying to beat the bounce. I'm trying to beat them off the bounce with some of their like more athletic bigs, whether it's Doolittle or Manic. Yeah, but I mean how do you kind of do that if – I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I, what I was about to say wasn't didn't apply to that. Uh, but yeah, you know they they've got that Doolittle kid, especially if Dom's at the game, he can probably take him. How big is Doolittle? Six nine, give or take. Yeah, I mean he could probably take it right at Dom and be you know finished at the rim. So yeah, uh, their website you... lists him at six seven, oh, but well, still that's not. enough to get into him and get by him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably what Oklahoma's going to do is they can get Dom out on the perimeter and, and, and try to get to the rim. But you know what? Bruce Stevens is going to have to give this team 27 to 28 minutes. And, and frankly, I don't know if they can do that to Bruce. Like they, like they probably could to Dom, which is funny to say. Yeah. And then it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think I know how this is going to go from an Ole Miss guards perspective because they got such a bad taste left in their mouth. And when I say they, uh, Terrence Davis and Brian Tyree. Like, I don't think you're going to see what was the stat. I mean, I wrote it 10 times in that column in Nashville that night. I think four of 27, actually. Okay. I, I think Somewhere around. It was bad. Okay. That's not going to happen again. But, no. like, how efficient is Terrence Davis? You know, how much – where Ole Miss, I think, can kill them – kill Oklahoma is turning them over, turning their guards over and getting baskets in transition. Cause you let Terrence Davis and Brian Tyree and even Chuler too play in transition. That's really where you're going to collect a lot of cheap offense. Cause even particularly if they come out and you saw last time, I mean, last time out Ole Miss against Alabama, you know, Brian Tyree was missing jump shots. He normally made and Terrence Davis was not only missing them, Terrence Davis was settling for jump shots because Brian Tyree kind of has that mid-range jump shot down where he either drives or he kind of pulls up about 10, 12 feet. But Terrence was not getting to the rim at all, and he was settling. And he said that after the game. He said, honestly, I don't really know what it was. And my point being, if it if it becomes one of those things again where they're struggling to make perimeter jump shots early, that's going to be where they're going to have to get themselves going and kind of generate offenses to get out in transition. And it helps even more when you're turning Oklahoma over in a live ball turnover situation. Right. And and another thing, you know, from a half court setting is Oklahoma's not as big as Alabama was. So, so they're not going to have as many issues. You know, Dante Hall is not going to be standing under the rim for Oklahoma. So, and they're not going to kill them on the offensive glass. Oklahoma's a decent offensive rebounding team and a bad defensive rebounding team, and that overall their numbers translate to a bottom half of the Big Twelve rebounding team, which is good for Ole Miss. How does how does and you may not know this off the off the cusp? How does Ole Miss compare offensive rebounding wise? Because I don't feel like they're a horrible offensive rebounding team. No, but they don't hit the defensive glass very hard either, and that's a byproduct of sometimes them having to play so much zone. I can look it up. I'm just kind of curious because if Oklahoma's not a good offensive rebounding team, I feel like Ole Miss can kind of get after them there. Maybe a little bit, but like, it, like I'm never going into a game thinking Ole Miss is going to kill this team on the glass just because of how thin and inconsistent they are in the front court too. Sure, but you know, 
I think, I mean, Ole Miss is obviously a very guard-oriented team, and and it'll be interesting to see. Her, like, I don't like. I don't think at this point in their careers, Bree and Tyree and Terrence Davis need a confidence boost. But how did they get going early? Like, I think the first seven minutes of the game for them offensively is going to be huge because you saw it against Alabama. It goes awry offensively. It tends to affect their defense. Yeah. Um. You know, but if if it doesn't go awry, I think this is the game. Like, if you look up at the eight minute mark. And Bree and, Ty- and Tyree and Terrence Davis are combined five for seven or something. The game might be over at that point. Maybe, but, but I, I mean, you are I talking. I mean, if those two are playing well, I don't March. know what Oklahoma can do. Kill them on the other end. It's not like Ole Miss <laughs> is like a defensive savant. Well, sure, but I, I mean, when when those two play well, Ole Miss is kind of tough to beat from from a team that's not elite. I mean, you, and when those two play well, I mean, they play well at Auburn. They uh, are against Auburn at home. They play well against Mississippi State. Um, you know, they played well at well, so they didn't play that well at Missouri. But when those two, when those two guys play well, Ole Miss is kind of tough to beat if if you're not playing, a, you know, a Tennessee or a Kentucky. Yeah, I would agree with that. I uh, I'm trying to look up what they are from a rebounding perspective, and every time I click on this SECstats.com, it's just giving me Arkansas statistics for every team statistic, which that's not what that I seems want. Seems counterintuitive. So they beat the hell out of Providence the other night without Gafford. Yeah, yeah without Gafford because he's not playing in the NIT because he's smart. See, that's probably a sign that the Big East probably wasn't as good as it. I mean, what is it? wasn't as good as maybe it was propped up to be this year because that was a Providence team that but that was not a good Providence team but it was an interesting team that kind of picked off some or had an attempt to pick off some of the top tier yeah, teams and it was never end. a team that was competing for the NCAA tournament so you can't say they didn't care like they were they weren't snubbed on selection Sunday yeah speaking of which do you see what uh, happened in Tuscaloosa tonight uh no, I saw I, I caught the score. Northfolk State beat him by one, and then I saw a tw- I saw a quote that I think Cecil Hurt tweeted about a kid from Northfolk State said you could see it in warmups with them lagging around. We knew it was going to be sweet. That's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who Alabama hire. I think there's a coin flip chance that Avery's back. I don't know Eight what he's got. Million dollars. I don't, I, th- I don't know what he's got in the cupboard recruiting wise, but I think there's a chance he gets brought back. Well, yeah, I mean, if you got to pay somebody eight million dollars to go away, it's kind of hard to fire him. It feels a bit premature. Maybe, but damn, they've played one NCAA tournament in five years under him, and oh, I'm not kinda... saying it's good enough. It's 100 percent not good enough, but it feels like like. It feels like with where they are at and them getting in by the skin of their teeth last year, that probably bought in one more year. Because you did. Right. I mean, I mean, they lost Colin Sexton. I mean, you lose a lottery pick. I, I mean, right, but in that's that no same excuse breath, for they how they make played. The NCAA tournament without him either. Yeah, like so he, he was that team. But back on Ole Miss, I mean, yeah, yeah so, it's go ahead. Well, yeah, so we'll, let's let's we can quote unquote close the. To close it with this, Ole Miss wins the game if it does what? Uh, Oklahoma shoots under 35% from three. I think if Oklahoma doesn't tear them up from three, I don't think there's any other ways that Oklahoma can win this basketball game. So that's Ole Miss defending the perimeter well. Because yeah. a lot of the time with Ole Miss, like my dad always texts me all the time, and he's always like, why are teams shooting? Like it always seems teams have career nights against they Ole Miss do. shooting the ball, and I'm like, no, not necessarily. I mean, a lot of that is how bad Ole Miss is defending the perimeter. Like, like if a shooter's going to have a good night, he's got to have space. 
Yeah, that's fair. So, but you know, that, you know, you I, I get what you're saying, but my God, they defended Tyler Harrow like a son of a gun, and he still made shots. But that's Tyler Harrow. That's a different story. Know, that kid is man. unbelievable. But it's it, at a certain point, it's not a coincidence. They 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 help create their own demise more often than not. So I guess I mean I'll, I'll ask you the same question, but then I have another question. Uh, what 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 does Ole Miss have to do to win the game? If Ole Miss wins this game, if if what for you? Oh, there's a couple of different things I kind of want to go for, but I'm gonna say I'll say they'll win the game if they win the rebounding margin. Because okay. Oklahoma is not a very good rebounding team, and Ole Miss wins the rebounding margin on the glass and doesn't give, particularly on the defensive glass, and doesn't give Oklahoma a bunch of extra possessions. I am not sure that Oklahoma is an efficient team enough offensively. You know, barring Ole Miss having a really bad night from its guards again, I think Ole Miss could create a little bit of separation. So I'll say win the rebounding margin, particularly keep them off the offensive glass. I think they'll win the game if they do that. Okay, so I'll, so I'll get back to what I was about to ask. I, I know Kermit is probably one of the better defensive coaches in the country, and I know this has to be killing him. But over the course of the year, it seems like Ole Miss has got it, gotten worse at defending the three. Do you have any theories kind of behind behind why they haven't gotten better in, at that area? Because every yeah, one hundred percent. How like many how many coaches? You hear Kermit? He said it uh, two days ago on the SEC teleconference. He said we're still coaching effort sometimes. Like if you look at a how? calendar, it's March. Well, <laughs> like that's my thing. Like, how are you coaching effort in March? And it's not his fault, certainly. But damn, well, that's it's March. what we're getting at. It's the personnel, yeah. and it, they're not bad kids. They're not no, kids no, no. that aren't trying, but they they're just they're not used to defending at the level that Kermit. Like, like if you're just, like, it, it bad examples because Buffin and Henson are freshmen, but like Kermit's going to recruit a different type of kid in there. Yeah, in terms of kind of not. And it's not even like an IQ thing. It's just their defensive effort and how they're wired defensively. Like they, they're going to have a lot more nastiness to them when he gets more of his DNA on the program. And like I said, it's not. It's not. But but Andy Kennedy's program was built a little different than that, right? A lot of freedom offensively, kind of. I don't want to say not a ton of emphasis on defense because that's not an educated. Not a ton of emphasis on defense. But not a ton of it's 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 like there wasn't a ton of structure offensively. There wasn't a ton of structure on the defensive end, and so playing within the system of a tighter defensive scheme like Kermit's one three one is a foreign concept to them. And and how you have to defend, you know, two you know when the ball gets past two, three, four sides of the floor and things like that, you can't let it slip late in the shot clock. So it's not like an emphasis thing. I think there's just so much more structural what Kermit does defensively that it requires more effort. Fair enough. Uh, you answered, answered the question. I do think I do think KJ Buffin has got a chance to be one of the best defenders that comes through this program. If they can 100%. put some weight on him, I, I think he could be one of the uh, an elite defender. So, so that's kind of answers that. I don't really have anything else on this matchup. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it kind of um, is guess, what it is we'll at this, this point. Let's, let's do this. Uh, let's just go through the SEC teams in the uh, in, in the tournament, and you you say win or loss first round. Uh, LSU Ooh, win, but I think they get scared. Okay, so you think you think Yale covers? Um, what's that spread? Seven and a half. 
Oh, see, I don't know there because they LSU could still like they could still get scared and LSU still win the game by ten. Like right. that feels like something to where Yale's like up five or six without t- with like eleven minutes left and like you know Smart's making dumb plays, not making shots. Nas Reed <laughs> is kind of doing what he does sometimes, and you're kind of like, oh, like what are what are, what are they doing here? And then they pull away because they have such sheer athleticism. So I'll say LSU wins. Uh, Auburn. <sighs> I want to pick New Mexico State so bad, yeah, and I want to use the excuse that Auburn's like gas from playing all those games. But I think Auburn. I think Auburn. See, Auburn's an, I, I do too. I, but Auburn's such a fickle team to me because when you shoot twenty-five to thirty-five three-point shots a game, I don't really know what to make of you. And Bryce Brown and Harper are really good players, but. Sometimes that ball don't go. When in. it goes bad, 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 they don't have, they don't have a ton of scoring elsewhere. Sometimes, and so no, I don't, don't know what big. that looks like. Yeah, so I'll reluctantly say Auburn wins. Mississippi State. Yeah, they're gonna beat Liberty. I think yeah, athleticism okay. wins out the end. And Liberty's get, a really offensive gross. team. Yeah, Liberty's a really efficient offensive team, and I think they could play State really close, but I think State's talent wins out at the end. Ole Miss. Yeah, I think so. I actually do. I, I like this matchup for Ole Miss. I think they got a good 8-9 draw. Florida. No, I think now Nevada hasn't been playing well for a long, like, you know, almost feels like a month now, but I think they figure it out. I know Florida, Florida really has shown a lot of balls the last couple, last month or so. What they got two wins over LSU, almost a third. I mean, they played their way in, you know, locked their bid down the NCAA tournament. I like the way Florida's doing, but man, I just, I think Nevada, if they can really just kind of pull it together, there's some really nice pieces there. Like that Muscleman Sweet 16 team from last year is still largely intact, and that team, if it gets right, can be dangerous. So I'll go Nevada. Okay, and Kentucky and Tennessee are going to win. So we've got everybody winning except Florida, right? Yes, but like if you look up and LSU and Auburn have both lost, like I'm not not stunned. They, they play early. You know, they play early this morning. Uh, they're like I think they're the second, third games to tip. So we'll get to see them early. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a good year for the SEC. You get eight teams in last year, seven in this year. It's kind of a banner two years for them. Yeah, so on the flip side of that, we can go expand it on the SEC. What I was going to say is give me four most likely upsets. And I'm not saying, like, pick four upsets like they're all four going to happen. But pick four games where you're like, that could really get weird. Okay, all right. So we, we've got to define what's an upset here. Is this is this, like, spread or seed-wise? Wait, what'd you say? It, we, we've got to define what an upset is here because Oregon and Wisconsin is a pick'em, but it's an eleven-six game. Is that we're considering that an upset? We'll go. We'll go. I think is that's that's a twelve-five, but we'll go. Uh, just for the sake of the argument, we'll go seeding because I know because okay. that's really that Oregon game is really the only one that's like that to where it's like a twelve-five, but like like that's such an anomaly with Oregon winning the Pac-12 tournament sure. and getting slotted as a 7. So yeah, we'll, and as a 12. So we'll we'll go seeding wise. Okay, well Oregon Wisconsin's my uh, my number one. Uh, I think UC Irvine's going to beat Kansas State tomorrow. Uh, I feel pretty good about that. I have a run in my sweet 16 That actually. sucks for Dean Wade. 2 years yeah. in a row he can't play the NCAA tournament. Oh, really? They're a different I didn't team with he him. couldn't play last year. Yeah, they got to the what? It, they were an elite eight team without him last year, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But I feel bad for that kid. I don't necessarily just disagree with that pick, though. I kind of like Irvine. So that you got two more. Oh man! Um, wow, I'm just thinking. Oh, Belmont's beating Maryland tomorrow. So so that's happening. Uh, so Maryland. my thing with Maryland, 
with the way is, is the, there not coached well? Well, I like Turgeon. I don't think he's done a good job with this team in particular. But to me, if you looked at the way, looked at some of Maryland's wins against the upper tier Big Ten teams, that's a team where I don't necessarily disagree because I think Belmont's really quirky and really dangerous. But if Maryland does win the game and they're in the Sweet 16, wouldn't shock me. But oh, I no. think honestly, their biggest threat is probably what is it tomorrow, Friday, whatever it is, Belmont. It's like, tomorrow. They yeah. would have much rather Temple have won that game. Oh yeah, Belmont's so well coached, man. Yeah, good for that. Well, good for. I always forget his Rick name. Bird. Yeah, he's zero and six in the tournament. Yeah, well, he's All one and six now. One and six now, and that that program needed a tournament. I mean, that's a program. I remember since I was like nine or ten years old. Like whenever you think Belmont, you're like, that's a scrappy basketball program. Uh, wow. And okay, I don't think this one's going to happen. But obviously, Murray and uh, um, wow, who am I forgetting? Mar- Murray and Marquette. You know, I think John Morant could just put a team on his back and beat Marquette. I like that. So my first one will go because you actually pointed this out, I think, on Monday or whatever it was we last potted Sunday. Um, Northeastern beating a kind of weak yeah. Kansas Kansas team. I'm yeah. not saying, yeah, not sure that's going to happen. I don't know a ton about Northeastern. I know they like that's a team that shoots it pretty well. Kansas kind of, I don't know what to make of Kansas. That's a really weak four seed. And, you know, yeah. this is one of Bill Self's worst teams, if not his worst team in a that's long time. That's not a four time. seed either. Like no, it's a four seed as a product of this year. Yeah. I mean, that team is not good. That's a six seed. Yes, I would I would agree with that. That's why some we had the argument on the show the other day. What I don't have it pulled up in front of me at the moment. What what who's their one seed? Ooh, I have no clue. I'm about to look uh, that up. I'm trying to think of all the one seeds. I have no clue who Kansas is one seed to be, but I don't think they get to that point. Like I think Kansas, I can't remember who their five seed is either, but I do remember saying that they're not going to beat them. So, um, yeah, when you look that up, tell me who the one seed and then the five seed is, because I think the five seed. Okay, I got it right here. So, so we were had an argument on the show the other day that was like or a debate that who what one seed has the toughest road, and I can't remember who it was. It said North Carolina. And I'm looking through their bracket. They get Kansas as a four. They get five. Um, Auburn. Oh God. The two seeds, Kentucky. I mean, whoever. Who? Here's. I got a bold take. Whoever wins that Auburn New Mexico State game is going to the Sweet Sixteen. I don't care if it's New Mexico State or Auburn. I don't disagree with that. I actually made the argument that Gonzaga got the toughest bracket because you think look, that Florida State is their four seed. That's yeah. an Elite Eight team from last year that returns a ton of pieces. And Texas Tech is the three, year. and Michigan yeah. is the two. I won't know part of any of that. Who is the seven versus Michigan? Um, Nevada, Florida, whatever that okay. one is. Okay. And okay. and if you're Gonzaga, I don't think you're necessarily going to lose this. But say you catch that Syracuse two three zone on a short like you know a short turnaround, like to hell with that. I mean, look at the other eight nines the other teams are talking about. It's Duke playing VCU or UCF. None of that really scares me though. UCF no. being big inside seven seven scares you a little bit. Virginia is not. I mean, with all due respect, Virginia yeah. is not scared of Oklahoma. Virginia is trading their draw. North Carolina. Oh, I don't know. North Carolina. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering this because North Carolina. If Utah State wins that game, I don't really want to see that team. I'm not necessarily saying they would lose, but I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want a veteran Mountain West school that. You ever watch Utah State? They're good. 
Yeah, I think Utah State is going to set Washington on fire. Yeah, no, I think they're going to beat the hell out of them. I don't think that game is close because Washington's like kind of good when they want to be, but like you but can't just like great. roll it out there in the eight nine game in the NCAA tournament. Like I don't think that's going to happen. That way. I agree, but you like I, don't, I like is that a that's a March twenty second. So that's a Friday game. I want yeah. no part of Utah State if I'm North Carolina on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, because you you get these teams that have they've got a lot of seniors and played together for a while. Things get screwy, man, and these games are just kind of close by nature. Yep. So I got four upsets to go. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, there are three more to go. Excuse me. I got North because I already said Northeastern. Northeastern. Kansas. Yeah. Um, my other one is I'm trying to get different ones. Really slow paced, interesting game between Purdue and Old Dominion. I can yeah, see Old that Dominion ain't gonna run. No, I can see that getting squirrely, particularly if Carson Edwards isn't necessarily making shots and trying to get out in transition like he wants to sometimes. Watch Carson Edwards. Watch Carson Edwards. He's fun to watch. Oh, he's awesome. He's 5'10". He's just going to shoot it a bunch. And, like, I'm talking myself out of the pick as I say it, but, like, between (laughs) him and Harms and some of the other pieces they have, that Purdue team could potentially be dangerous. But when you catch a game against a team that plays as uniquely as Old Dominion, that could get sideways. My other one is another one that I'm going to talk myself out of as I speak, because I really like this Houston team. But 14 seed Georgia State, Ron Hunter, I said it earlier in the week, you know, Simons is a pro. Like, that That could get interesting, though, if Houston survives that and takes care of business, I think they're probably a Sweet 16 Elite 8 team. Okay, let's, let's do one more thing. What, who's the best team, let's say, higher than a 5 seed that can get to the Sweet 16? Or so not that's an, that's no, 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 to the Final Four. So that's an interesting debate because this is a year where the gap after the one and two seats is just kind of massive. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's huge. Like, that's yeah, what I'm exactly. Saying. Yeah, 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 yeah everything massive. after it. Um, See, I've got mine. All right, who is it? It's Villanova because cause they just win in this tournament, man. And, and their path is not that hard. They're going to beat St. Mary's. And I can't remember who their three seed is. Is it Houston? Um, yes. I see. I think they could be Houston. And then you're in a, a, a sweet 16 game. And I don't know, man. I just like Jay Wright this time of year. Like, everybody got on him because he didn't win. He used to not win. This team just – and Gonzaga's – or not Gonzaga. Villanova's playing well right now, too, after not playing well in all of February. Yeah, I don't hate that. I mean – it's really hard to argue against. I mean, the guy that's won two national championships in three years. I'll go one for you. Virginia Tech. They get Ahmed yeah. Hill back. That's oh, is he back? Yeah. Uh, Buzz Williams announced on Twitter that he <laughs> is going to play the tournament, I believe, if I'm not. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Excuse me. I totally had that wrong. Um, They get Justin Robinson back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that's the tournament. Point guard. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong thing on that thing. I was making sure I had it right on his roster. So Justin Robinson is back. They're already kind of a dangerous team. And like Buzz Williams, great coach, if he's not already halfway to college station. <laughs> I kind of I kind of dig I could dig that. A fully healthy Virginia Tech because they had they got they made it through what I'm trying what it let's see what the there were the five. Was. There was a five seed in the uh, ACC tournament, and, and that's played with, with like, like six players. Yeah, I was about to say that's with injuries that would decimate most teams, and they're kind of healthy. They could really do some damage. So, in other words, you hate Mississippi State because you got Virginia Tech beating them. I think that's a screw. I, like, not 
like I, it's 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 impossible to make an argument that a five seed got a shitty draw. But like if state were going to play any four seed, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, tough yeah. one. That really yeah. is a tough one. But that'll be an interesting matchup because of all the like. That's the thing with that state team is they've kind of like some parts and pe- more pieces have kind of turned it on for them in the last couple weeks, and that's why they played better basketball. But that's a team with a lot of talent. So honestly, you talk about a. Uh, Second round game, like if we're ranking all 16 second round games, State Virginia Tech is up there for me on one to watch. That could potentially be pretty fun. Yeah, because both teams like to run and shoot the three. Um, you know, State, I don't guess Weatherspoon is back. I'm not sure. Um, if, if he's back, he, he yeah, is be not. Like, he is not. Well, that's kind of, I was going to say, he's one of their, he's their best perimeter defenders. So he'd be really good against Virginia Tech. Um, but yeah, that that's definitely, a, you know, I mean, up, t- up, up high tempo, up pace type, type game where there's a bunch of three shot. So that, that's definitely going to be a fun one. And I think we get that. I don't. I don't know who Virginia Tech plays, but I don't think they're losing. And I think State kind of runs Liberty. Yeah, I do too. I think that's a game where Liberty could come out and go make a bunch of shots early. And like, like that's a game where State's down ten after the first nine minutes, and then it becomes like a normal game. And you know. One point game at halftime, five point game with a few min- like you know twelve minutes left, and state kind of runs away with it because you yeah. see all these higher tier seeds, particularly ones that shoot the three ball, like Liberty, just come out and like lose their minds in the first twelve minutes, and then just try to hold on. But I don't think that'll be enough. Virginia Tech plays mm, St. Louis. Nah, okay. I've watched St. Louis play more than I probably should have for. You got to play well, but they there's no reason they should lose. No, no. St. Louis will guard you, but they can't really score. So, yeah. Do we want to spend any time on Arkansas Pine Bluff? I'm kind of hoping we don't. I was about to ask that literally just a second ago, but no. So no I, feel like we, I was about to say I feel like we have to because I pulled up my phone when I got to the airport. I saw the score was 25 to nothing, and I kind of double refreshed. I was like, man, this thing's screwing up. So, <laughs> nope, it was 25 nothing. They threw a no hitter. So, yeah. <laughs> I got to talk to five after the game by myself. How was that? Uh, I mean, it was fun. Uh, was he fine? Yeah, it was fine. He was. I mean, they won twenty-five to nothing. There wasn't much to be upset about. What are you at? I do like that's just a ridiculous game. I'm almost glad I went. I, asked, I don't know. What... Well, I just asked. Um, you know, Zach Phillips throws three perfect innings after the rough outing on Saturday. So I kind of asked, you know, how nice it was to to rebound, and he throws only thirty-five pitches. So uh, you know, I asked Mike if, if that was kind of what they wanted, where he could go you know, go get some confidence back, but still be available for the weekend. He was like, "Yeah, that's that's we we need him to be able able to come out of the pen." Um, he's excited about Greg Kessinger starting to hit again, and that's kind of it. There wasn't really much to ask. So Pine Bluff is not good, but I'll do I don't a have Pine on, Bluff in Omaha. I'll do <laughs> that sixty five mile an hour stuff can be lethal. It's an EFIS without trying. Um but Gravity. I won't give a minute on Zach Phillips because it's a kid that he's so he hasn't been so awful to where you're like you can't throw him. He's had some bad defensive luck. He's had some command issues, but to your point, if they get an elimination game or something somewhere in a regional, or they have some kind of short-term injury, or God forbid, a long-term injury. He's not a bad option. They're going to need that kid, and they're going to need him to be good. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be a starter. I mean, you're talking about game two, game three of a regional where your second or third starter gets bounced in the second inning. That kid comes in and throws five and two-thirds of serviceable baseball. That can save a season. Well, and here's another thing that people don't really, you know, aren't looking at. Ole Miss has got to start winning midweek games. They've yeah, got they do. Mississippi State. They've got Southern Miss twice. 
that kid's good. They're going to have to throw somebody formidable in the uh, midweek. Now, look, Jordan Fowler had his best outing of the year. I don't really know if I want to count yesterday because Pine Bluff is the worst college baseball team I've ever seen. In saying that, I don't want to be completely unfair and, and, and talk out of both sides of my mouth here. Zach Phillips was really good on Wednesday. He threw a slider into the into the strike zone, something he struggled with against Alabama. He was 91-92. He stayed down in the zone. I think what he That's did That's a new Wednesday, development, velocity-wise. Yeah, yeah, I think what he did on Wednesday would have played against anyone. So, um, you know, I, they need Zach Phillips. And, and frankly, they probably need Jordan Fowler. So, it... it I don't want to make too much out of it because, like we've alluded to plenty of times, Pine Bluff is horrible. Um, but it was, I guess, for, for all intents and purposes, it was a it was a confidence boost. And I think that's really all you could get out of these games is a little bit of a confidence boost because, frankly, Ole Miss doesn't need to play these games anymore. It does nothing for them. Uh, Docks their RPI, particularly offense. after they've already gotten into conference play, and you see that kind of pitching before you go to Missouri yeah. and face three lefties that not necessarily going to torch it by you, but it's not going to be sixty-five positive. No, I mean Missouri's got TJ Sikama, who's going to be a second or third round pick on the mound on Saturday, and you're facing a cat throwing eighty-two today. Like that's going to screw with you. So if you're just if you want to play games, man, I don't know. Hell, call call Delta State. Like you know. They've got got the Delta State would have beat that team into oblivion. So I, I don't know. It's just I don't really understand the purposes of those games. But I and guess you don't it is even a need to booster. do it once because if, if if people were unaware, they did it twice to make up for the right, for the State right State game, game that they lost. Yeah. But you really, to this point in mid March, you don't even want to play that game once. I mean, what I I, I don't see like. What Ole Miss got out of it, to be completely honest with you. Besides There's something Phillips. else going on there that we don't know about. Like the the reason that game gets scheduled every year. I don't know if Mike has a connection. I don't know well, what it is. McMillan, the uh, volunteer assistant coach, was a coach there. That's the only connection I can think of. Um, and and I, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I don't understand why Ole Miss. If if you're going to play a SWAC school, why not just call up Jackson State? Exactly, it's a good program, man. What that guy does down there every year is honestly pretty incredible. And and you and again, this is kind of getting a little political, but you keep the money in the state that whereas you're writing the check to Arkansas Pine Bluff. And, and again, there may be something I don't know regarding that, but I don't understand why if you're going to play a SWAT, we'll just call Jackson State. But anyways, um, yeah, Ole Miss throws a no hitter against the worst team in college baseball. They do have two wins this year. I don't know who they beat. Th- those teams should probably not play baseball anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean. Ole Miss going to Missouri Friday. I guess we could talk a little bit about that just for a few quick minutes um, since we're not going to probably podcast since then or before then. So Ole Miss, big series starting on Friday. Ole Miss has to face three left-handed pitchers. Yeah, that that could that could that could get squirrely. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's a series where you you need to win it, and you're facing. You're facing your kryptonite, to put it lightly. I, I sent you some uh, splits the other day. It's Ole Miss's numbers against right-handed pitching versus numbers against left-handed pitching is it's it's something else. It I would, but you could go as far as jaw dropping. Yeah, it's startling. I mean, Ole Miss like, is two thirty against right-handed or left-handed pitching, got like a six fifty OPS. It is it's worrisome to put it lightly. So they're gonna get they're gonna get plenty of practice to put it lightly this weekend. And see, then the point, like we we probably talked about it last week. I just don't remember. You need to get out of this stretch at the absolute worst. Four and two, four and two, and you've already dropped a game because it's off to the races after this. It's 
three games at Arkansas at home against Florida. You catch kind of a break against a Kentucky team that's going to be okay on the mound on Friday night. After that, you don't really know. But then it's Auburn, you know, A&M, yeah. LSU State. State, and then the year's over. Like, like there's there's no more easy Tennessee is, is good this year, and they got to exactly. go to Knoxville. <laughs> I mean, Ole Miss caught as good a break as they could have possibly been. Been, I mean, had playing Alabama and Missouri to start the year. That you better said, take advantage. Yeah, exactly. Because if you don't, it's not great. I mean, you go to you roll up into Fayetteville three and three. You might leave Fayetteville four and five or three and six. And God, I don't know what they do then. Yeah, I, I really don't either. I mean, it is. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, so, that's. I mean, but if Ole Miss leaves Missouri four and two, everything's right with the world. Yeah, they're all fine, but still, that's. I mean, you'd have preferred to get through this five and one, but like, sure. I, I mean, that's sweeping that's, the SEC is hard, though. I it will is, say particularly that. in this SEC. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's got a first round pick on the mound, except for Alabama. But, and that kid is not, I mean, their staff as a whole is not awful, but that's no, not your No, Finnerty on Friday night was good. He yeah, was really in good. his own way. Yeah, no, no. I mean, he was throwing 86 to 88. He was throwing four pitches in the strike zone. He was not bad. Now, Alabama threw some bad pitchers out there over the weekend that had good numbers, and they had good numbers because they didn't play anybody. But Finnerty was not bad. He was he was really good on Friday night. And so, but yeah, um, you know, three games versus three left-handed pitchers. I mean, Ole Miss, the, the key to this weekend for Ole Miss, frankly, is they've got to pitch it well. They got to let their offense get get something going against these lefties. I would agree. So that's about all I got. It's yep. late. You need to go to bed. I know. Big day tomorrow. <laughs> I will. Um, we'll be back at y'all. Honestly, if things work out, I don't know what your plans are Friday. We might could do something post game if they win or lose, whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, we can do something but, Friday afternoon. If we may win, be back sure. between now and Monday, but we appreciate the listening, and we'll holler at y'all later. All right, let me crack. So can what? Just just hang up. I'll text you. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.